0: You are listening to the Venture Scale SaaS Operator, the podcast where we interview founders who are actually in the trenches. We talk about the transparent journey of how they built their SaaS companies, how they grow them, and what they would do differently if they would do it all over. Hey, folks. With us today, Justin from Gauge Work. Justin, super happy to have you on.
1: Uh, hey, how are you? Thanks for having me. Sorry about that. No worries.
0: Um so what what is your company all about?
1: Well, it's just this this idea that um the workforce is struggling um particularly in entry level work um you know service related industries, food and beverage, hospitality um and the idea that what if we can make um what would be or what is disposable and meaningless, what if we can make it meaningful? And what if we can add meaning and purpose to the jobs? that, um, are allowing us to have this wonderful life that we have. Right. Um, so I, I believe that the workforce is struggling and I, I, and I've seen it happen. Um, I am the owner of several businesses and restaurants and over the past, you know, 10, 12 years, we've just seen a completely, um, different landscape where, you know, people are just lost and yearning to find meaning and direction. Um, the paycheck doesn't work to motivate people like it used to. And, um, and so what, what we're trying to do is to try to create a world where, you know, every day matters, you know, and, uh, where we really do celebrate the benefit of a good job and good work ethic.
0: How do you execute on that mission with your product?
1: Well, imagine, um, every business has, um, something like this. Actually, I use it. If you could see it's a filing cabinet, right? Yeah, the problem, the problem with that filing cabinet is, uh, first off, that's how businesses manage people today. Um, you get good reviews, good feedback, good touch points, evaluations. You get promotions, pay raises. All of it is the product of your hard work as, a, as an employee or as a worker in the workforce. And all of it goes into a manila folder and a filing cabinet, right? Now, the problem with that filing cabinet is that I can't take it with me when I leave, right? So what if you could, what if you can create um, an entire system, um, a database of sorts where all the product of your work goes into, you know, something that is your property, you know, that you get to actually take with you whenever you leave. Because the problem with that filing cabinet, it, it doesn't, it doesn't factor in transitions, which are a national part, a natural part of everybody's career path, right? Everybody transitions from job to job. It's fine. Um, but, you know, you just have to do it in the right way. But whenever you do transition, that filing cabinet stays behind and basically just goes into a shredder. Right. But if you can create a world where the employee gets to take the product to the work um, and, and they get to own it. Uh, much like a savings account, um, a credit score, a credit report, um, you know, checking account. Whenever it becomes their property, that's when you're going to. That's when you're you're going to bring bring out the best in their performance. So, is the buyer still the HR department, or who's the who's the buyer for that? So, right now, we are a B two B product. Um, the business pays a subscription to participate in the system, and then the employee, you know, of course, gets it for free. Um, And that is a challenge because we're not truly a B2B product. That is our revenue source um, currently, even though there might be others down the road. Um, But we're actually for the end user, for the employee. Because, I mean, how we're different is that the employee owns the data, not the business. And that is revolutionary. That's never happened before. Like, so... And that is truly what is wrong with the workforce right now. And that is what we're trying to fix. What's the motivation for the company or like the HR department
0: to, to do that? Because in the end, they don't have an intrinsic push to provide that proprietary data to the employee. So is it like a benefit or, or what's the, like, why do they do that? That's like the
1: question I'm trying to ask. Two words, increased retention. So the Bureau of Labor Statistics says it states a cost on average across all industries, uh, $4,225 every time someone gets turned over. Every time we have someone leave and come into a business, it costs on average $4,000. So our system actually rewards for job tenure, the time spent at each individual job. Now, this is important because it matters, right? A Commitment matters. You know, it's not healthy to just jump from job to job to job for the employee or for the business, right? So the way our system works is that if you stay with the job longer, the better your system, your profile, and your score grows. So someone that stays at a job on average two or three weeks is going to have a much lower score and profile than someone that stays on average of uh, six months a year, right? So By doing that, by being the only platform that rewards for time spent at any job, we save the business thousands of dollars, and that's thousands of dollars a month. And that's on average of what we're seeing right now, because we've seen increased retentions of up to 92% uh, retention rate. Now, the restaurant industry in 2018, before the pandemic, hit a turnover rate of 133%. Now, what does that mean? That means that they're losing more people than they're retaining, right? That's not sustainable. And that's why the restaurant industry is struggling so much. But, you know, it's really quite simple. Like people love metrics and they love gamification. So if you're able to create a system that rewards for time, you know, literally a a unbiased, you know, um, objective measurement, you know. If you're able to reward for that, I mean, even if you're able to keep an employee for a week longer, two weeks longer than you normally would have, you've already you know, paid for that subscription, just one employee. If you need to hire the right developers and ship fast, then React Squad is for you. A boutique agency that specializes in React and only works with fast growth startups. Get a 14-day risk-free trial and a transparent price of $95 per hour. Visit reactsquad.io to learn more.
0: How big are you
1: right now in terms of like customers or revenue just to set a frame for the audience? Sure. Yeah, that's that's helpful. Um, we went through an extensive alpha and beta tests over the past um, couple of years, basically 2021 and 2022. Uh, we launched our MVP uh, late January of 2023. And, um, and we're seeing some really great results. Um, we're up to, uh, over 40 business accounts right now and over 1500 users, um, with a very minimal staff. Like right now, it's just basically word of mouth. Um, we are doing some digital marketing, but right now this is basically, um, a local test within our area. Um, 97% positive feedback. People are using it, loving it. Um, we have a couple of Chick-fil-A, uh, franchisees in the system. Uh, we have Synovus bank, which is a very large national bank. They're doing a pilot of, I believe like 20 branch stores, uh, branch locations in our area. Um, a lot of other big names like smoothie King corporates doing a pilot in Dallas, Texas. Um, so we're in the very beginning stages, but awesome traction and growth so far as we're looking to raise our first round of funding.
0: And then what's your pricing structure right now is basically per seat, so per employee,
1: or how do you structure your pricing? Sure. It it is based on um, how many employees that you have. Um, We have currently, we have a freemium subscription. Like if you're under 10 employees, you get it for free. And then of course it goes up from there, depending on how many employees you have.
0: Yeah. And did you, because you just mentioned that you're you're looking to raise soon. So did you initially fund it? Basically, using your dividends from from the restaurants and other businesses you're owning, or how did you initially get it off the ground?
1: It's me, self funding. I mean, basically all of my resources, you know, through all of my other businesses. Um, you know, that's actually been quite the challenge. I mean, we have collectively within my organization, um, we have 13 businesses and nine restaurants. Um, you know, over the past 10 years, we've employed literally thousands of people, which is how we built Gauge, right? Um, this wasn't built or designed behind a desk, you know, in Silicon Valley, this was built on the front line. Right. Um, and I've seen the benefit of it front ha- you know, firsthand. That's why I continue to invest in it. Um, so yeah, this has been bootstrapped from the beginning. So this will be our first round.
0: Why do, do you make the decision now to go the venture route instead of continuing to
1: bootstrap? Well, I mean, at the end of the day, um, you know I only have so many resources, right? <laughs> so um you know we're going to have to to get to the next phase um, to really grow this um, you know with marketing with sales um basically a huge sales force no b two b sales you know b two b product was ever you know launched without a significant sales push right um, and we're going to need that to really get to the next level and also to prepare for phase two so you know um, we we made the strategic decision to build this, you know, the features right now currently, you know, based on primarily the business, right? So it's, it's heavily a B2B product right now. But as I mentioned before, you know, we believe that we're, we're truly a B2C product. And whenever the employees realize that, oh, wow, this is, this is for me, this is mine. This is not just another way for me to get in trouble. This is actually my personal property. Whenever they realize that, that's when light bulbs just, you know, that's when the magic happens. So what we need to do with, you know, what I'm affectionately calling phase two is build out the B2C components. Um, and we have a lot of ideas, none of which I'm gonna share with you, of course, right now. Um, but really whenever we build out those end user, you know, employee uh, features, um that's um that's when the true magic will happen. I would love
0: to to stay on the company building side sort of things. So do you did you bring a technical co-founder on board or did you find a an engineer, or like, how did you like manage the software aspect of it?
1: Yeah, no, uh, I am not a technical founder. I wish I had a technical co-founder. Um, to be honest, at this stage, it would be helpful. um in, a few years ago, you know, because I've been working on this for about five years, you know, I I basically brought on a before it actually became tech-based. I mean, we 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 built out a, a spreadsheet with a with an algorithm. And I, I, I brought, I actually brought on an old professor friend of mine to help me kind of build, you know, the, the algorithm. Um, and, um, and it it was a beautiful thing. I mean, it was, it was awesome. It was kind of like a prototype. Um, but then of course we knew it had to be, you know, tech based and, and, um, had to be a platform. And, and so my options at the time with not very, with, with no experience whatsoever in tech were basically either, you know, look for a co-founder of sorts or, um, bring on some sort of, you know, agency. And we were introduced to an agency out of Chattanooga, Tennessee, um, called whiteboard. Um, and whiteboard has been an incredible partner on this journey of ours. Um, they have built it with us, you know, at, and, and, you know, they, they've been at the helm of this from, you know, the branding to the website, to, you know, and, and to the actual, you know, tech and, um, and we've, we've been really honored to to have them. Um, and they're still at the helm right now, you know, I mean, as we build out our internal team, um, you know, we, we need developers, we need engineers. And, and until then we're, we're really kind of leaning on them to um, continue, you know, doing some updates. We've already, you know, add some new features that have been a request of some of our, of our, of our current, you know, customers. For a
0: non-technical co-founder who might want to go down the right direction, what were some positive signs you saw early on working with the agency, which now in retrospect showed you that it's the right path? Because I know a ton of horror stories about bad agencies and what we always tell like basically every found, non-technical founder we meet is try as hard as possible to, to get a CTO. If you have a CTO, someone who's deeply technical, then sure, work with freelancers, work with an agency, but get like one technical person with shares in part. the company. Yeah. So, so ha, 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 let's dig into that because I think that's very useful for the non-technical founders listening.
1: Yeah. You know, uh, again, yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm a Marine, you know, I'm just a business guy, uh, you know, in the Marines are, um, you know, we have an expression, we're, you know, just a grunt. You know, that's, you know, I'm just a kind of a move fast and break stuff kind of guy. And I really don't have any experience in tech at all. Um, and so whenever I went down this journey, I basically got a, a lot of advice. Like, listen, you can do it basically one of two ways, right? You can, um, you can bring on, you know, an actual agency with credibility and, you know, that's, you know, either, you know, stateside or, or maybe not, but just somebody with a lot of clout and cred- credibility, right? Somebody that you can truly trust. Now they're expensive, right, but they're you know that that's one route to go, and that's obviously the route that we took. Um, I was also taught you know that you could also just try to bring on a bunch of freelancers you know that that might be you know from overseas or you know from all over the world, right and then you take whatever the product is they built and try to put it together and try to sell it. Um, that's probably you know less expensive, um, but you know there are pitfalls and, and traps there so um, we obviously went with the former and not the latter, um, and really finding the agency that wanted to take on this project, you know, that was the challenge. We, we entered, we interviewed a few, um, you know, and, and we wanted to, we, we understood the power of what we're trying to do. Okay. Like if we're successful, right. The internet makes everything extremely worse or extremely better, right. That's, and and if there's an ounce of evil in anything the The internet will just multiply it to the tenth degree. So, we knew that w- this had some incredible uh, implications if it were to take off. So, we wanted a we wanted a company or an agency that really just wanted to do good things. You know, really wanted to make the internet better. Um, you know, really wanted to set up those guardrails. You know, to protect both the business and the employee. You know, with this whole process. Um, and whenever we went down the road with Whiteboard, you know they immediately, they kind of had me at hello with, you know, their objectives, their, um, what their, what their missions are, the co-founders, um, Eric and Taylor, they, um, Taylor particularly has been just such a, um, a friend of mine through this journey. Um, and the whole team there, you know, just really have been kind of my, uh, advisors and, um, and, and partners, you know, maybe not equity, but just certainly they, they want us to be as successful as we do. I think it's a very,
0: very important what you what you briefly mentioned there in the beginning you interviewed the agencies and multiples because i think just going with any agency the first one that comes your way i think that's a a risky thing to do so i I think that was was a very very smart move it was actually an
1: introduction um through a graphic designer that we work with over for many years with our restaurants and and um and whenever I read them, I read up on them and I was like, man, they're just, they're trying, they're really trying to do good things, you know, not just take a paycheck, but really try to make the world better, which is what we're yeah. trying to do.
0: And then B, before we slowly wrap up, you're roughly three, four years in, I think you mentioned, tell us, because on the founder years are like dog years, so it's often the grind. Tell me about like a, one of those harder times where, where not everything was like sunshine and rainbows
1: well i mean i mean you're i mean right now it's really tough i mean so as we we're in diligence with a few like bc groups and investors that are interested we have a couple of angel networks and basically what i've had to realize um is that you know i'm stretched a little thin and um you know the the investors that we've spoken with have basically said, listen, you know, Justin, you can't do everything. Right. I mean, you know, 13 businesses, nine restaurants and a tech startup. Are you kidding me? Right. So like, personally, I've had to make some decisions lately, um, you know, probably divesting from a lot of my other, you know, companies so that I can focus on that. And I'm actually in the process, I'm actually in the process of doing that as we speak. And, um, and that's, you know, bittersweet. I mean, it's certainly not, you know, when you build a business, um, you know, any type of business, but particularly one with a lot of team members, you know, you, you know, you grow to these people like family to me. Right. So it's to be able to, you know, let go of that, to just focus on something that I truly believe that will make a difference, which is gauge. I, you know, that's a tough decision. So my wife and I, you know, just sat down and, and we, we said, all right, we're going to keep these businesses and, you know, for, for, for our family and for uh, our future growth. But then the rest of them, you know, probably have to go so that I could focus on Gage, right? Um, that'll make the investors happy. And that'll, God, I mean, that'll make me happy, right? I can't do everything. I, there's only 24 hours in the day. So um, so I've made the decision. That's been, that's been really tough for me. So right now that's kind of like, we're, we're in the process of, you know, needing to raise the funds, you know, um, but having that traction from MVP from the beginning have been very... Um it's been very rewarding and 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 um and verify, you know, like wow, we actually have something. Like to to be cash flow positive with the type of feedback we're getting, you know, and just me, you know, completely bootstrapped so far. I mean, I it's actually quite rare. Um and um so I think we're in a really good place. I just need to be very smart right now and 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 make the the right decisions.
0: One final question, because you mentioned before that you're a veteran. So, what did you learn from being a marine that you took over to running businesses?
1: Uh, my my favorite quote was um, by General Patton, who said, um, "A good plan violently executed today is better than a perfect plan tomorrow." Um, and I believe that's a quote from like Zuckerberg, who said, "You know, I, I move fast and break things." I believe in just getting things done, you know, um, and that, I think that comes from the Marine Corps, you know, um, you know, not to say that you have to be you know, foolish with your decisions, but there are so many people that I see that talk about doing things that plan and just completely, you know, never pulling the trick, you know, never getting things done. Um, I think I bring that, you know, bring that experience from the Marine Corps because I was, I was, I was in the infantry. I mean, I was, you know, frontline, uh. Two tours in Iraq, Afghanistan. Um, I was in the Horn of Africa, so I was very much a, um, a an active, you know, just go get it and get it done, you know, um, Marine. So I think I bring that to business, you know, because um, I've only, you know, I I got out in two thousand eight. I've only been in business since then. So in business in fourteen years, we've done thirteen businesses, nine restaurants, and a tech startup. Right? I mean, that's just that's insane it really is kind of cra- crazy. Um, but I mean, you know, that's what's led us to here. Right. Um, so I think that if you, you know, just roll up your sleeves and get something done as any my advice to any entrepreneur, you know, no matter what the industry is.
0: I think that's a perfect way to end the pod. Justin, thanks a ton for coming on. Thank you so much,
1: Nicholas. If you like this episode, then you'll love the SaaS Operator, a weekly newsletter brought to you by Early Node. With actionable insights from SaaS experts in the industry, delivered right to your inbox every Tuesday for free. Visit earlynode.com to subscribe.